With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the January 21st edition of PFF Forecast. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. We're going to talk about this Chiefs-Bills game that we just watched, uh, and then we're going to get into it. Championship round, guess the lines. We're going to talk about both matchups, talk about bests uh, to place. It's going to be a great show. We will also, don't worry, we're going to talk about the decisions uh, made in this game, including why NFL head coaches do not know how time works. It's going to be a great show. got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes both played I would say incredible football and yet the game came down to Michael Hardman and Damar Hamlin tell us uh what do we think here initial like you just we just watched that game the thing that is stuck in your mind right now having just watched it Brad we'll start with you yeah, man, I think it does go to that. Like the Chiefs still in the red zone, just continue to do like the one time you just give Isaiah Pacheco the ball and then a run up the middle behind Joe Tooney. Like shockingly, that works out quite well. And then you're you're getting cute again. And it just it's been the story for the entire year, shooting themselves in the foot with that stuff. Yeah, I mean, Michael Hardman should not be playing. Like, you know, with, with all due respect. <laughs> yeah, from like, I mean, yeah, the, from a game management perspective, like both teams were really bad yeah. um andy choosing to take the five yards uh on the encroachment on the pat he chose to take <laughs> on the kickoff my, my guy your offense your offense is averaging 10 yards a play and you can't even trust them to get one yard pacheco has been running all over this buffalo defense you can't even I, i'm pretty sure that was the drive that he had the like 20 20 yard run also mm -hmm. Can't even yep. trust him to get one yard for a two-point conversion. But here's the thing, Arjun. Here's the thing. He it's actually it was a smart move by Andy. You know why? If he had gone for two, they would have been up by four. And then Sean McDermott oh, yeah. might have had to actually try and score. What this is this is inexcusable. Okay. I, I know I was I was on one last night, okay, with the Niners. I'm on one again tonight. You cannot be paid millions of dollars and not understand or have someone hired on your, on your staff that understands the basic principles of time management and game theory. I just do not understand it. How you play for one possession in that situation with eight minutes on the clock, eight minutes on the clock, go down and score quickly. Give yourself more opportunities 
to win the game. They gave themselves one opportunity to tie the game. They didn't even try. They did not even try. It was embarrassing. I, I have been a, uh, a believer in the Bills, a, a, a believer in Sean McDermott because everyone was fading him. Um, that was that was the equivalent of walking into a pregame speech and talking about 9-11. That's what that was. That was absolute mismanagement and disaster. Uh, Josh Allen, there's a someone in the in the chat that said Josh Allen deserves better. That is the takeaway. His receivers were ass, except for Khalil Shakir. Trent Sherfield had two stone cold drops. Stephon Diggs has disappeared. Where's Stephon Diggs? What was that? Have you seen? Uh, I mean, the bomb. Play? The bomb hit him in the hands. Yeah, and no. then he he had the he had the audacity to do this to Josh Allen. Like, no, you could you could have been just it could have been a little bit better. No, my guy, it hit you right here. I didn't see that either. He's out. No, yeah, no, no. I I tweeted about it. I tweeted about it because I was like, "What are you doing? Like that hits you in the shoulder, over the like perfect over the shoulder, sixty three yards in the air." Go watch the um the broadcast and and just watch that play again because he literally did. Yeah, no, it was just we were this close. Like, no, you just dropped it. That Josh Allen, you can. He made some some bad decisions throughout the year that people gave him crap for. He had the fumble in this game. But other than that, he was really, really dynamite. I mean, he had three deep shots that should have hit. Um, he ran the ball all over the field. Um, thought he deserved better. Let's talk about the the, the Chiefs here for a second. Um, the Bills came in pretty banged up. Are you buying the Chiefs' uh, offensive resuscitation, which has seemingly happened over the last two games? To a degree, yes. Um, I, I do think it's interesting to where I, I know Jadavian Clowney and you know Kyle Van Noy have had like career years. Obviously, Adafi always a good player, but the tackles, like in this game, there was some Rousseau pressure. He had a near sack where Mahomes kind of threw it out of bounds. But like I think in some ways they probably still could hold up. Obviously, the, the middle of the field, the linebackers in particular, you're going from with the injuries, you know, probably one of the weaker units. I mean, AJ Klein was on the couch like two weeks ago. Um, and honestly, like for the most part, held up. He got he got cooked a couple times by Travis Kelsey, but like he wasn't that bad. And then you're going to maybe the best or one of the best, you know, linebacker duos. I guess Fred Warner and Drake Greenland probably take that title, but Roquan and, and Patrick Queen are not far behind. So like they're still just so reliant on attacking the middle of the field um, with Rasheed and Kelsey. The big thing that I would say no also is like Marquez Valdez Scantling had the one game you get a playoff where like he has an awesome game. Like we saw it last year. In the what was it the championship game last year? We had like 120. Yeah, like, and I'm not saying he can't do it again, but the history would suggest like he made a bunch of like impressive throws downfield over the shoulder. He had the one that he kind of bobbled that like usually he doesn't catch. Like he had you you got the MVS game, and I just I don't know if you're gonna get it again, especially with the state you know Geno Stone and those guys in the back end in Baltimore. So I'm buying that it's they're different than the regular season Chiefs. I'm not buying they can score 30 on on, on a good Ravens defense. Yeah, and I think like if you if we think about the way you have to beat the Ravens, it's like they're weakest at their cornerback positions. Uh, Marlon Humphrey's out; he's probably going to be back next week. But like then you have like Ronald Darby, you have like Arthur Mallette. Like you need your receivers to kind of step up because they're going to put Kyle Hamilton on Travis Kelsey, and that's probably not going to be a good matchup. You're going to put Roquan Smith on Travis Kelsey. Like Rishi Rice can only do so much, and you're going to need one of these secondary receivers to step up. And we all, you know, pretty much know no one has or can. So yeah, I just like I don't really know 
what the path forward is for the Chiefs against the Ravens. I mean, they're such a good matchup for them, and or the Ravens are a great matchup for the Chiefs. And so, yeah, I'm I I'm like like Brad said, I'm buying that it's a different unit than we saw against the Raiders on Christmas, but <laughs> it's still, uh, you know, I still it still has some underlying issues. I think in order to buy the Chiefs, um, it's it's one thing to buy Mahomes. I'm I'm definitely buying Mahomes. I was ever selling Mahomes. Although early in the game, he made a couple of throws in the in the red zone that um, that, that were off target and should have been touchdowns. Here's here's the question I have for you guys: AJ Klein is a bottom what coverage linebacker in the NFL? And again, to be nice to the guy, like he legitimately was retired like a month ago. But like, no. I, yeah, no, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to answer and be cheeky as we always are. Like, no, like he is in the fifth percentile or lower of like purely coverage. I, I think it's like, yeah. that might be somewhat generous. Oh, the fact that he was on the field, that's a great point, Brad. I, and I didn't mean it in that way. Like, yeah, yeah. this is in no way a derogatory term towards AJ Klein, who by the yeah. way, like rolled an ankle and was back out on the field a, a play after. Let me be clear. A gutsy ass performance by AJ Klein. Okay. Yeah. And that was like, I mean, Jason Kelsey looked pretty robust. Uh, you know, standing up there, like him out there covering Travis Kelsey might have been <laughs> might have been a better move for them. Um, so so you know, MVS I don't think is going to catch another you know another pass uh, quite you know the way he did in this game. So I'm hesitant. I, I think it really set up well for them both these two games um, for their position uh, skill position players to show up which I think they did. Now, they got nothing out of Justin Watson today. He had a drop in this game. Probably should have made that catch. He's usually good for one, like, 30-yarder down the football field. They obviously can't play Michael Hartman. They can't play Kadarius Toney. Rasheed Rice got banged up in this game. I think, you know, you saw we called this, right? We talked about it. He runs a drag route, catches it, goes 20 yards. Like, this is, you know, that's what he does. Um, yeah, I, I – let's just get into it. Um, let's start the first game uh, that will be next week at 3.30 Eastern time is Baltimore and Kansas City. This one in Baltimore, it will be, what is it, the seventh straight uh, Patrick Mahomes AFC championship game. Um, Brad, we'll start with you. What did you yeah, make this? He's never not made an AFC championship game in his career. Truly preposterous. Um, yeah, I had field goal. I, I just I, I couldn't go over in either direction. Just a flat three points. I also want a field goal. Yeah, I thought this was the easy one to, to guess. I don't know how you make it anything other than a field goal, though ESPN bet assuredly will try, um, as, they, as they did this week um, with some very different lines out there. So if you are looking right now, you can probably find – I saw actually someone tweeted that they were at three and a half. Um, George, okay. it's funny you mentioned the ESPN bet. I'm on points bet right now, and that's literally the only – uh, website that has it at, at three. It's juiced, obviously, but you know. Yeah, yeah. So what, what are you saying? Because I'm looking on in the beta right now. It doesn't have anything up. Um, oh, draft yeah. is three and a half, but it's plus one twenty to the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna find it. I mean, minus one twenty. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, ESPN bet has it uh, plus three, but uh, it's it's minus one twenty to the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. and and K FanDuel has KC plus three and a half at minus one twenty two. Ravens minus three and a half at, at plus hundred. Okay, so let's let's say that that's where it's it's opening at. It's basically three and a half, heavily juiced. Um, I'm, I'm not going to open up the uh, the spreadsheet here because we don't need uh, to, to to figure this one out. I'll open it up after we get to the second game. What do you guys think? 
for the set wait for the second game or for this game I'll, I'll get i'll get the spreadsheet open by the time we get the second game what do we Got think it. about three and a half minus 120 uh for the chiefs plus 100 for the ravens yeah so i mean baltimore was definitely good in the houston game there's, there's no question about it i am trying to navigate like for detroit as well i'm not trying to take away anything from any team maybe even san francisco like a lot of the teams, all these teams, besides Kansas City, like who won a big playoff game against a team that like preseason priors we thought was a contending team, right? Like not taking away what they did. They like obviously teams can outperform uh, and, and over, um, you know, achieve expectations. But like the, San Fran beat, you know, the Packers team was an upshot. Like they played great. They honestly, the Packers outplayed the Niners in that game. But, you know, is it a huge, is it a huge win? Not really. Detroit. All right, you know, the Rams were awesome. But again, like preseason, we were betting on their like under six and a half wins. Uh, and, and then the Bucks, we also probably were betting on their. And again, we were wrong. I'm not, you know, but so that that that, that part's tough to me. Um, and just like how to price what, we, what we've watched. And like Kansas City just won a big game over a good team on the road. I just, I guess like I lean my guy Mahomes getting over a field goal. I think I just have to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm I don't lean. I I'm I'm taking the Chiefs here. Um, yeah, I mean Pat at three and a half, like that's I feel like an auto bet, or at least for me, I think like we saw the type of pocket manipulation from Mahomes today. I mean, I don't know how many times he was, he's going to end up being charted as being pressured, um, but he took zero sacks. And the thing with the Ravens and Bills, like they are different defenses. The Bills. I think our team that likes to generally just rush for and, and let their guys figure it out while the Ravens manufacture pressure. But at the same time, I mean, this, the Kansas city offensive line, I think has been the healthiest offensive line, like in all of the NFL. I feel like if we look at like their offensive lineman combos, uh, the same five have, will play like 96% of their snaps. So they're going to have the chemistry. They're going to have the uh, communication to pass off these stuns, pass off the simulated pressures and so I think Mahomes is going to have time. And I, I you know, I, I was somewhat convinced of their offense today. Like I said, I think it'll be much harder next week. But then also, like, this is a pretty good Chiefs defense. And I think they did struggle against the run today, which is, you know, big against Lamar. But this is also, like, the most athletic linebacking room in the NFL. If you look at, like, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, Drew Tranquil, uh, these are, like, very hyper-athletic linebackers, very light linebackers. Like, Tranquil's a former converted safety. So I think they're going to have the athleticism to keep up with Lamar uh, compared to the, you know, Texans, which are more, like, you know, maybe built linebackers, guys that D'Amico Ryans would prefer. So I think the looks generally will slow down um, Lamar. And, and also, like, sorry, but, like, we saw the Texans' blitzes, like, fool Lamar in a big way in that first half. And now they did counter. But one of the things I looked at, um, and I tweeted about it during halftime, which obviously Lamar made me look like an idiot, but, um, Lamar's efficiency against the blitz is like bottom 10 in the league. Like he is not a good quarterback versus five or more rushers and Spag sends five or more rushers at like the top three rate in the NFL. So it's strength versus weakness. And I, you know, I think there are some things that the chiefs offense can do to kind of put up points in this game. So yeah, we will be taking the Kansas city chiefs in this game. Um, okay. Uh, I, I hear you. I do hear you. I can't, I can't bring myself uh, to do it. I think this is where, this is where the, ma the, the magic runs out a little bit. Um, th this defense I think is just a different beast than anything that they've seen thus far. Right. 
there were clear weaknesses both the Dolphins and the Ravens, uh, sorry, and the Bills had, right? Clear, glaring weaknesses. And Mahomes is going to take advantage of those, and he did in this game. Um, there is no weakness on this Baltimore team from a defensive standpoint. Like I look at, and you can see this on, on PFF.com, like you look across the board, it is green everywhere. There is there is no weakness uh, anywhere to be found on this defense. And so I think this is this is just a, a, a very different matchup than the first two have been where you you felt as though the Chiefs had the edge. And I just don't feel that, that they have the edge in this game. Um, I think that it becomes pretty easy for them. Maybe easy is the wrong word, but um, I, you know, the difference between Kyle Hamilton and AJ Klein or Rohan Smith and AJ Klein, Patrick Queen and AJ Klein, like is so dramatic. I think that that's going to nullify Kelsey a decent amount in this game. Rice being banged up, not expecting anything out of Valdez Scantling. Um, so I, I, this is counterintuitive, but I like. Uh, I like Baltimore in this. I'm not sure the right way to play it yet. The spread doesn't necessarily feel um, like the right way to do it. Um, so I'm interested in, in whether you guys think there are any sort of prop angles here that you like sort of off the bat. Ooh, yeah, There's a huge one for me that uh, we talked about for the Ravens-Texans game. It's the inverse this time. So I talked about Gus Edwards-unders. I know I gave out, I think, under 39.5 alternate, and he hit 40. But, you know, we, we said under 53.5 was the actual line. 13 and a half carries, both of those cashed comfortably. They were truly never in doubt. Um, we, the reason why I love that bet was because the Ravens, like I said, lead the NFL in carries outside the tackles or off tackle or outside the tackles. Um, and they are first in EPA per rush and third in success rate on such carries. The Chiefs are dead last in the NFL and EPA per carry allowed on runs outside the tackles and second worst in success rate. It's a massive, massive mismatch. So you know, I don't know if that it's Lamar or, or if you do play, you try to pick Dalvin Cook or Gus Edwards or Justice Hill. Um, but I think that the Ravens are going to run the ball a ton. Does that play into like run, bleeding the clock out and therefore maybe lean towards under? Like those angles come to mind. I, I think the Ravens are going to run for. I mean, and we saw Josh Allen today too. Um, mm -hmm. You know, obviously scamper quite a bit. So uh, the rushing props for Baltimore. The, the last piece I would say is if you like Baltimore. You know, you get a little extra juice of, I think they're going to win. Maybe they'll be up, have a positive game script, and they'll be running even more. Um, I think they're going to be very successful on the ground in this game. Yeah, real quick, uh, let me give a shout-out to you two and Judah. Just an absolutely electric weekend for the pod. I think we were up 15.7 uh, units from locks. To recap, Josh Allen over 8.5. I mean, that was just so free. <laughs> Sam Laporta over 59.5. That was a sweat. Got there. Mike Evans, the George's guy, over one one twenty five plus nine wow. to one, just gorgeous. And the, uh, there was dude, I, there were so many Mike Evans tickets in in the Discord that <laughs> it was just uh, it was just beautiful to see. And then our guy Kittle, eighty plus, finishing at eighty one uh, plus two fifty. So great stuff from the pod. Uh, and then articles from last week should have gone four and zero, except Mahomes took a freaking three yard kneel. Or, yeah, or what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have ended up below anyway, but um, but yeah, it was it was a great weekend for the pod. So we should be back in the green, I think, at least. Uh, a deep, deep kneel. Yeah, Mike Evans um, came through. Uh, it could have been uh, – we could have been celebrating. If he had gotten to 150, it would have been very close for me to uh, to a sponsored Vegas event <laughs> for, for the, the printing press. That would have been – that would have been very, very close. Um, so, too, if Trent Sherfield could have caught one of those deep Oh, breaks, yeah. Uh, I think 
I think Judah had a few on there as well. Um, so I uh, actually, what I like here is I like uh, Ravens minus one and a half first half um, is, uh, is where my head is at. I think three and a half is tough. Um, you know, it is, I need to show some, some reverence to Mahomes. Um, so I, I'm going to take Ravens um, first half minus one and a half here. Cause I, I do, I do feel um, good about the Ravens. The, the rushing attack, is interesting. Um, I also, you know, this might seem blasphemous. I'm, I'm very curious to see where the Kelsey, um, the Kelsey line ends up, you know, whether the, the books kind of buy into him having a good game and thinking he's back. Um, and I think that could be a, um, you know, a fade spot um, as well. Uh, Edwards, I think very interesting. Um, Lamar, interesting, maybe uh, potentially as a, as a rushing attempt. Um, number as well uh is something that that also comes to mind um and then yeah i i'm also curious about mbs so we talked about Nicole before the pod rj you mentioned that for some reason Nicole hardman's prop was like 17 and a half i got it 18 and a half mm-hmm. um was stone cold lock of the week i will be very curious to see yeah. what mbs comes out after this game like uh to me that's a that's a potential auto under I take Miko under receiving yards down to uh, under 0.5 for next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder if they even they. I, I'm actually going to be curious if he even shows up on as a federal. Um, federal if someone finds a, a stray Miko line out there, please, please put it in the chat. Alert the Discord. <laughs> there's, there's no way. I, I mean, I, I, I thought after his first carry, there was no, or his first touch, there was no way he got a second one. Um, and sure enough, he did, and it was um, it was almost catastrophic. Um, big, you know. I think the other thing that's really interesting here is the the difference in rest. Obviously, the Ravens coming into this relatively healthy. Um, she Rice got a little banged up. Was there anyone else that got banged up? Willie Gay, right? So Willie Gay did get the big um, one is actually Joe, Joe Tooney, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a pec injury. So I'm honestly, I just saw that after I gave my whole spiel. I'm gonna assume he's out. For the Chiefs, because I, I don't think pec injuries are something it's easy to come back from. Yeah, that would not be um, that would not be good. Uh, Brad, you put uh, in here. You're you're taking uh, Baltimore. No, that's KC plus three oh. and a half. Oh. Yeah. I'm, me and Arjun are riding. Uh, the tuning injury is not great. I wonder if Wani Morris kicks inside the guard, or if they have like what they still have Nick Allegretti. I don't know who their backup yeah, guard is. I think it'd be Allegretti. Who's a solid swing guard then? Like that doesn't. I mean, Tuning's a stud, and and in this game in particular, had a bunch of like pull blocks that were like unleashing Pacheco and and our boy Clyde. Clyde the Glide was was moving out there too. So it is a big loss. Like Tuning one of the best guards in football, but I think they'll be okay there. I just. Yeah, like both D, both honestly, this is probably the matchup of the two best D coordinators in the NFL, too. Like, I think we don't talk about Spags in that light, and we probably should. Um, like I yeah, they have talent, but like they're just drafting fourth round corners and just making it work. And like Mike Dana's like a good player now. Like um the, the Lamar thing when you mentioned that he's not great against like five plus rusher, does he take off a lot? Like, would you think it would lean into even more scrambling for Lamar or yeah, I'd have to I'd have to look into some of the data, um, but his, I mean, just like his EPA is low, so I think scrambles are usually a positive EPA play. So the fact, like, it's not like an EPA per attempt; it's EPA per dropback. Yeah, so it is including scrambles. So the fact that it, that it is so low, and even like I think we saw it like when it, when he would get blitz, it's just like ro- uh, retreat back, retreat back, and then just take a sack. So yeah, um, 
So yeah, I think that that'll be something to look into. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, anything else on this game um, before we move on to the NFC? I mean, we should talk about it because it's the theme of the pod, and I actually want to talk about it for the next game too. Like, there is the Harbaugh versus Andy Reid game management edge. It, it does exist. Like, uh, you know, which I think more and more needs to be a factor. Like, especially in you know these kind of half point situations. Like, there's a there. I know Harbaugh has kind of come back, regressed toward the mean a little bit. I think he went appropriate, and in certain spots, I think he does it more. He's just been a little bit more conservative. But, yeah, I mean, Andy Reid, like, legend, maybe the greatest offensive mind of all time, but he's, you know, right up there with the other worst game managers in the in the biz, and it does pop up here and there. And they've gotten away with it in a lot of games. This is a game where, like, they're not getting away with, like, throwing away a field goal or something like that, like, with, like, not using the end of half or something. Like, they're not getting away with that in this type of game, I don't think. I would I would agree with you. The thing that about that is, I guess I I feel like Harbaugh's come back to earth, yeah, um, this season a little bit. So, um, you know that that comes to mind. But yeah, it it, it definitely is a very 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 good point. Um, by the way, we're seeing that uh, Kelsey's at sixty three and a half, so it didn't go up a whole lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested where receptions come in. I don't know. That could be that could by Wednesday. That could be a could be a fade. Uh, how much does the the coaching advantage play into this for you, Arjun? Um. Well, I mean, I think it does. I think it does play into it into it just because I feel like I've seen Todd Monken and Mike McDonald adjust like their offenses mid season, mid game, and I think that's a big thing. It's like, oh, even if the Ravens are, you know, maybe they fall behind early. Like I would bet the Ravens live because we I've seen Todd Monken be able to you know, shred a defense post halftime. Like we saw it in the Houston game, we kind of saw it in um, the Niners game when you know they started off kind of slow and then they picked it up and then it was just a blowout. And so yeah, I think the I think from a game management point, like Brad talked about, I think that's a big thing. And uh, I mean, honestly, Harbaugh hasn't been that great with it this season, but we, I think in the playoffs, he'll definitely lean on Lamar more. And I think he, he knows that like, you know, you got to put the ball in his hands. Yeah. I would agree. All right. We on to the NFC. NFC right. championship. Troy, uh, Jared Goff versus San Francisco and Joe Montana. Uh, <laughs> weather report. For this game, because apparently rain turns Brock Purdy into a literal pumpkin. Uh, it is supposed to be mid 60s, no rain in San Francisco for this game. Also, it will not be raining in Vegas when the Super Bowl comes around. That game is going to be indoors. Um, so that means Brock Purdy will be Joe Montana for the entire game. That's at least how I understand uh, how this thing works. Um, Brad, we'll start with you. Yeah, I I thought about going full touchdown, but couldn't do it. I ended up just at six and a half. I went six and a half as well. I was going to go seven and a half. The Debo news, um, or, or yeah. lack thereof, um, I think is is fairly concerning. So I, I went with seven. Um, I was not about to give Jared Goff on the road outdoors uh, the the six and a half there. It looks like in most spots, it is either a seven or a pretty heavily juiced six and a half. Um, so, or, or I guess it's juiced regardless. Uh, so the seven I see at FanDuel is Lions seven, uh, plus seven, minus 120, Niners minus seven, minus 102. So, um, either way, you're dealing with some juice. Um, 
you guys are both on the Detroit side. Are you taking Detroit with seven? The be- yes, the, the better quarterback is getting points in this game. Oh, oh no. Oh, don't no. let da- don't let David Lombardi hear that. But let it let it be known. Let it be known that uh Arjun, let's count the number of times. I think we have some Slack metrics here that we've got to share. Sent <laughs> into Slack, Jared Goof. Arjun in the lead at 45 this season. I think the over on that. I took way over on that line. Uh, yeah. I, well, actually, real quick though, do you know Jerry Goff's 10 yard split before I break this down? Do you guys know? Uh, I've heard it's very, very similar to Lamar Jackson's. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Montana with Lamar Jackson's 10 yard split. Does it get any better than that? Um, it's, I, I, I've been talking myself into a little bit the idea that the Lions are a probably the best matchup that the Niners were going to get out of the NFC. Uh, the run defense aspect is huge. Um, you know, if they're able to put Brock Purdy in, you know, unfavorable situations after what we saw in that game where, where he was really, really poor and, and I get the weather was bad. Um, I mean, Jared, Jared goof speaking of guys that struggle in weather, it, it benefits both guys uh, in this scenario. But like, I, I have been talking myself into that notion, but it's just like, we sat here and, just were like, yeah, Mike Evans is going to go for a buck 25. <laughs> it was like, I just still struggle to like see who is going to be covering. I know Debo might be out, but who's going to cover Ayuk? Who's going to cover? I think they'll do okay with Kittle. Um, but attack the middle of the field, those linebackers like Anzalone struggled in coverage today. Jack Campbell still not really a full-time guy quite yet. Um, you know, Barnes had the pick to close it out. But I just, I do think this is the best matchup the Niners could have gotten in this game. Uh, I just still... I don't know. I don't. I don't want to overanalyze it, and I just think they're still a class above the Detroit Lions right now. The um, I'm not taking the spread here. Um, reason for that, but I have two props that I love. That I love. Okay. Um, now I think everyone is anticipating that I'm going to say Ayuk because uh, I love Mike Evans. Okay? I can see it already. People think so. No, no, no. Don't worry. I'm not that predictable. Uh, you just mentioned the linebackers, Brad. So I think that Samuel. I think here, here's my progno- uh, prognosis. I think there's a 50-50 chance he plays. I think if he plays, there's maybe a 30% chance he stays and plays the whole game. Okay. I think if he goes out there, I think it's, you know, he gives it a couple couple tries. I don't think they need Debo Samuel to win this game, as blasphemous as that may sound. Okay. The linebackers you mentioned cannot cover. This is the Christian McCaffrey through the air game. Rashad White uh, was wide open all the time. He could have easily had 10 catches in this game. Um, To me, this is the Christian McCaffrey through the air game. His total right now at 33 and a half receiving yards on on FanDuel. You can get alts. Um, You can get, for example, 50 plus at plus 220, 60 plus, plus 320. Um, you can get a combo, uh, rushing and receiving, I think is at like one, one eleven. I want to say, um, let me find it right now. Yeah. So his, his rushing total is at 81 and a half. Okay. So, uh, 120 and a half is, is his, um, his combo. I really like receiving now on the other side of this, the reason I'm not, uh, running to take the Niners minus seven is, uh, I don't know if you saw Aaron Jones in that game. Aaron Jones looked like uh, Barry Sanders against the Niners. Uh, the player yep. that's going to look like Barry Sanders in this game is Jameer Gibbs. 
Dave Montgomery is dragging a weight sled behind him when he runs the football. Uh, Jameer Gibbs total right now, 44 and a half. David Montgomery's is 52 and a half. I don't know if the bookmakers decided to just forget to watch this game, but Jameer Gibbs clearly the better running back. He's clearly the better running back. They are going to give him the ball. 44 and a half is way too low. I love both props. Not quite as much as I loved um, Mike Evans last week, but I think those are um, very, very clear mismatches for both sides. Couldn't yeah, love I mean, Go ahead. You, you stole my prop, George. I was going to talk about Gibbs, 44 and a half. Um, you know, I, I guess the one thing I, I was looking at, I was doing some numbers on it. I mean, Jones, yeah, 18, 108, average, average six yards a carry, you know, 53 of that 108 did come on one run. You take that away and he only averaged 3.2 yards a carry, but, but I still think the Lions have the trench advantage in this game. At least I, I think it's even, I think like, uh, Sewell on, on, uh, on Bosa and then you have uh Decker, whatever. And, you know, Jonah Jackson, I think the you know the marginal decrease in productivity is not going to be that big right now is the big one but right Ragnall's... now and he came back in that yeah. he is the huge one but he should play in this game he should play if he came back in then he should play um but they're yeah gonna, I, I think like gonna put so much so much tape he's gonna have so many shots dude that there's you would need to literally break his leg off for him not to play they look terrible <laughs> yeah 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 so i i think like it's tough to project volume and, and, you know, I, I get, I get annoyed sometimes with how much they run David Montgomery. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the lines, the Ben Johnson should just know this is the game. This is why he drafted Jameer Gibbs. This is where you give him the 60, 70 yard, uh, no, 70% snap share. And yeah, I think 44 and a half is, is probably, is a little too low. Um, and I think like Gibbs and Aaron Jones are very stylistically similar, just very quick, have that quick acceleration, great contact balance. And I think, uh, I think a lot of resources will be devoted to stopping Laporte and Amon Run. I think that should open up things on the ground. It's it's actually very interesting to me. On FanDuel, they have listed the CMC receiving, but they have not put any of the receivers out there, which makes me think that they somehow have allocated like target share by position or unit or group or something like that. And great, great comment here about CMC. Like, obviously the targets are going to be distributed across all of the pass catchers. And so, you know, if, if Debo is out, it's not as if his targets are only going to be redistributed against uh, or, or to the wide receivers, right? It's going to go to the entire uh, group of pass catchers. I think uh, CMC likely there. And he had 51 and 64 receiving yards respectively when, when Debo is out. I like the alt. I'm probably going to play um, the latter, similar to what I did with, uh, with uh what's his name with evans so 40 is plus 126 50 plus plus 220 60 plus plus 350 um so on and so forth um other props uh potentially that we like here brad anything that sticks up to you the gibbs one was was going to be also mine so i'm glad all three of us saw that the same way um uh yeah for no doubt about it on the flip side looking at um the niners i love the mccaffrey shout i, I do um I also do, now that I think about it more, I, actually, I do like Kittle again. <laughs> um, I, I just think that there is going to be a focal point there of maybe like he'll get some branch on him or even some, you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, but he's just big. I mean, he's way, way bigger than those dudes. Um, and honestly, can run and probably in stride with, with a branch. Like, so I think they attack the middle of the field again. They, you know, get the ball up pretty quickly uh, to avoid Aiden Hutchinson and the, and the gang. 
And uh, yeah, I think Kittle will have some tunnel screens, some check down stuff too. Like that, there was the stretch where Purdy struggled, um, the three game losing streak. When they kind of came out of that, and it was their bye was that time, like they were just feeding Kittle in some of those games. It was like just easy, you know, easy completions, first half. Like Kittle became a guy for a month where it was just like, let's just get the ball to and just let Purdy not have a lot of difficult throws early on in these games. I think maybe we see some of that in this game. Um, no, it's it's a really good point. I think the the interesting thing with Kittle as well, so he's our highest rated tight end this year. I feel like he has been amazing, but has not gotten a lot of fanfare. Uh, certainly less than like Ayuk, Samuel, CMC. Um, he's played just as well as all those guys. I'm interested in what you guys think about this. Brock Purdy's passing yardage total, 265 and a half. I probably would have opened it at somewhere in the 240s. 265 and a half, even for Joe Montana, feels uh, a little high to me. Now, I, I know that the Lions, a pass funnel, right? They they have stopped the run much better than they have stopped the pass. They've stopped the pass? What? Uh, they've, you said they stopped the pass. I'm... No, no, I said they stopped the run way better than they've attempted, I should say, to stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they have not done any of that. Uh, as, as shown by Baker Mayfield, but it's it's interesting. Like, do the Niners throw to win here, and, and is there a, an angle to that? Um, you know, maybe taking Brock alts with a Niners alt um, could could be interesting. Uh, they have to. They really do. I mean, the Lions thing. It, it, they've done it against all different kinds of uh, rushing opponents. I'm going to keep mentioning the kind of point of attack stuff I've been looking at. Various different elements, different rushing scheme. Uh, the Lions' run defense is just very, 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 very good. So I think they'd be crazy. And I know we can't coach our bets and coach Kyle Shanahan. You know, he's we are going to get some like run, run, pass series to start this game. And George is going to be tilting in all caps in the group chat in the first quarter. But I think I think they're gonna they're gonna accept the play action and like just attack second level over these linebackers' heads. Um, and I think really start to throw the ball a ton um, as the game and like. When you know you're playing Dan Campbell in this Lions team, like I think you just know to a degree that like they're trying to score seven in every possession. You want to build up a big lead, a comfortable lead. Like you just, I think teams are starting to approach how they played them a little bit differently. I actually should shout out. We should be positive going back to our initial conversation, and it, we we talk about the coaching stuff a lot, and people are like, "Well, these guys don't change." Todd Bowles deserves some credit. Like he again went for a fourth down today. He went for two down eight in this game. Honestly, Mike Evans probably should have gotten a call there. Like Melophone never turned around. But anyway, like he 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 is is using like optimal game theory and that he never did that. Like Jets Todd Bowles wouldn't even know what we're talking about. And like he has totally kind of adapted. But I think you also do see teams play Detroit that way. Um so yeah, long long answer short, I think Shanahan's gonna get it. Like you have to throw on this team. They can't stop the the pass. The other interest, I don't know if this is interesting, but like Lions haven't allowed a 70 yard rusher all season. McCaffrey's rushing prop is 82 and a half. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not one to just bet on trends like that. Um, you know, I, the, the Rams have a very similar run scheme or no, actually I take that back. They, I just take that back. Um, but yeah, they haven't, you know, Lions are really dedicated to stopping the run first and then allowing teams to pass all over them. So if you are to play Purdy, I, if I, you know, a little 300 plus and McCaffrey under 82 and a half, like I think that there could be value there. I don't know what the, how priced in the correlation is going to be there, but like, I think that's another angle you could look at, like, you know, receiving yard overs with rushing unders for McCaffrey. 
Yeah, let's see here. Let me let me try and put this together. So Purdy three hundred plus. Let's do uh, let's do a CMC uh, fifty plus receiving, and then rushing under with uh, Niners just by seven. Uh, that's not even that great. Thirty two to one um, is what that gets you. Yeah, that's. I feel like it could be better there, yeah. especially because we have two alt lines. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I, I do think that's a that's an interesting move. You could also take under um, attempts potentially um, for CMC is another way to to think about it. Uh, but yeah, the the way to win this game is is through the pass. So makes a lot of sense. Um, Super Bowl uh, line here. What do you guys think? AFC, let's do it AFC versus NFC. I think AFC is laying points regardless of, of the outcomes here. Uh, I do, even with the Niners. I think it would be like Chiefs minus one and a half against the Niners, I suppose. But yeah, I'll say AFC minus two and a half. Nah, minus full three. AFC minus the full three. Yeah, I, I'd go two and a half. I, I can't get to three, but I think two and a half is a good line. I think the Niners are favorites uh, against either team. I think it's two and a half, three maybe. Um, I think the Lions are three-point underdogs to either KC or, or Baltimore. Yeah, I feel like the Lions might even be like three and a half, four against Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good point. I, I would agree there, but the Baltimore Ravens matchup is very scary for the Lions. Whereas I'm not even sure the Chiefs is like that scary of a matchup because the, the Chiefs could not stop the run today. No, uh, absolutely could not. And, and by the way, I mean that, that was the opening game of the season, right? The <laughs> the Lions ran all over them. So like, if you're a Detroit fan, you are a huge Kansas City fan um, in in that game, right? If if you you're watching that game first, obviously. Like I think the Lions, the, assuming the Lions win, like they have a real shot to win the Super Bowl, which is crazy to say. Uh, if if the uh, if the Chiefs can pull it off, I'm surprised you think the AFC is a, is a favorite over the Niners. Yeah, I guess I should I guess I shouldn't say that. I, I just probably overreacting to the game last night. Like I really, I, we talked about it. I just I can't believe they even won that game last night. So no, you're right. I mean, they were laying five and a half in San Fran against Baltimore six weeks ago or whatever it was. So no, they, they probably would still be a favorite. The Lions point on the Chiefs, I do think is a good point from a rushing game perspective. The only thing I would say is, you know, just because of how bad their pass defense is, not that Lamar is not a good passer, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> no, he is not. Um, I don't see any ways to bet the Super Bowl. Obviously, you can bet the Super Bowl features, but um, right now it's Niners plus 140, Ravens plus 210, Chiefs plus 320, and the Lions are plus 750. I don't know if any of those actually offer any odds over just betting uh, consecutive money lines and rolling it over. But um, those are the odds as of this uh, this moment on FanDuel uh, Sportsbook. All right. Um, those are the two games. Uh, any last thoughts? We'll be back on Wednesday, obviously, talk through everything. Um, but I guess before we bid everyone adieu tonight, any any final thoughts, guys? Nope, just Mikol. Just we got to get Mikol some touches. 
Give and, Nicole some more touches. Yeah, yeah. That, that's actually a good point. Before we before we break here, let's see if there are any um, <laughs> there are any uh, receiving props. No, just Kelsey, just Kelsey. But we'll have an eagle eye out for MVS and Nicole Hardman. Uh, see if we can find some funders. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday night. Obviously, Judah will join us. We'll try and hit a 15, uh, 100 to 1 once again um, and uh, try and get ourselves to Vegas. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We love you all. Enjoy the night, and we will see you guys on Wednesday. Peace.